Welcome to Cambridge Stronger, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining us today is the President and Investment Advisor Representative at Duncan Financial Group, Brian Duncan. Thanks for joining me, Brian. Thanks, Amy, for having me. This is going to be an exciting uh, podcast. I can't wait for the guests to hear about you and your journey. I'm always particularly interested in hearing how my guests get involved in our business. And in your case, I know a little bit of history surrounding your company. And a reasonably unique fact is that it's a three-generation firm. So let's start by you sharing with our audience how you got started and when did you decide to join the family business? Yeah, thanks, Amy. So um, being a part of a third-generation business, you uh, you do get to grow up around the business and the industry and, and learn a lot, maybe through osmosis or, or other ways. I actually began uh, my college career with uh, looking at information technology. That was really something I was interested in. And also, you know, how technology would develop. This was, of course, before uh, iPhones and app stores and artificial intelligence. But knowing that there'd be a lot of opportunity in, in the technology space, it always had interested me. As I progressed through college, I really, I couldn't easily see the career path, you know, where, where things would go. And I really wanted to make sure um, it'd be something that I'd be engaged in and, and passionate about. So in my sophomore year of college, I took a course in finance and just really then began to fall in love with all the applications of the investment world and how, really how you can help people. Um, having the opportunity to be a part of a third generation business, maybe just being that that uh, five-year-old intern and then on up as time went along, I was able to ask people a lot of questions, really learn a lot of insights around uh, how do we help people? You know, How can we make a difference um, in people's lives and marrying finance with wealth management and with advice you know, just became something I knew I'd be very excited about. As time went along, um, you know, dad kind of always said, hey, there's an opportunity here, but it's your choice. You know, it has to be something that you're passionate about. And that's really what excited me over time was that the ability to have um, put our thumbprint on it. I remember uh, Saturdays growing up, you know, stuffing envelopes as part of marketing campaigns, ordering pizza, you know, making a day out of it. And it just realizing if it's something that you love to do, if it's something that you're engaged in, um, it really makes it that much more opportunity for success and fulfillment along the way. Interesting first observation of yours that it might be IT. So um, do you find, especially today in our world, that some of the skills you happen to learn or the things that led you in that direction are um, that you're able to leverage them in your business today? Yeah, I, I would like to think so. Um, it's it's something where it, you evolve over time. You're looking to get better. You're looking to be more efficient. And when you take advantage of the tools that are out there, you know you, you have to be careful. Of course, there are so many tools and options, and you can get lost uh, somewhat easily. But if you can find where technology can help you do your job better. Um, absolutely. We try to keep an eye out for that. And, and you love finding those hacks and those shortcuts, if you will, to, to get the job done through technology. I feel like it used to be for many, many years that technology was the competitive edge we were all looking for, right? And now it's pretty much table stakes. We all have to have it and we have to leverage it to be able to serve our clients. So I would think that even having a little bit of high level knowledge in your back pocket is definitely a benefit. Absolutely. So um, you talked a little bit about what it was like growing up, but I know your grandfather, John Duncan Sr., founded the firm 
um, that is now known as Duncan Financial Group, or was known as Duncan Financial Group, right, in 1978. And your father is now the chairman and CEO. So what was it like growing up in the Duncan household? Did you guys talk about business over holiday dinners, or or did you avoid it? You know, I would say it was more uh, talked about. Um, There were uh, five of us. I'm the oldest of five. So uh, it was lively and, and oftentimes you could say chaotic uh, growing up. Um, but we we were all you know very aware of you know what what the family was doing uh, in the company, what the changes and the difference we were making for our community, for our clients. Um, I, I knew him as as Paps and just you know watching him and, and my dad and Uncle John, you know them making the sacrifices they did to really build the organization. Uh, from that, you know, that starting core of four, five, six people um, into where we are, it, it really was um, something I remember. You know, I think also our our family was also very big on activities. You know, all, all uh, five of us, my four siblings and I, were always in activities. And, and as we all grew older, it was we all kind of gravitated towards you know what we were all most passionate about. And looking back, I think you know, mom and dad really wanted us to make sure. We were always on a path of personal growth, um, and I think also in a lot of ways, and whether it was sports or other activities, just being able to to work with people um, that that is just so crucial. Is as you know, in, in building an organization or being a part of a team, you know that's a skill set that you you learn over a lifetime. And I'm just thankful that you know they showed us both the path of hard work, you know, making sure we were always taken care of, but understood that sacrifice and hard work was was necessary. Um, and also just to keep growing as as people. Do you happen to remember when you were young what you would say when someone would ask you what your dad did? Like, how did a young Brian articulate that uh, when somebody inquired to you? Maybe it was in school, you know, bring your, I don't know, did you bring your parents to work back then? Um, you know, those <laughs> kinds of things. How How did you articulate it? I'm always interested in how kids pick that up. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Amy. We, um, because in the beginning we were founded uh, more as Duncan Insurance Group. We we began as an insurance agency. So for a lot of years, it was we help people protect what matters most to them. We help make sure that all that that was important to them, their home, their families, businesses, etc., those were protected. Uh, so that would be how we answered that question. We help people make sure they were protected. And what was cool is that that answer got to evolve over time as we stepped into the financial services. And then it became more of we help people retire and and retire comfortably. That became the the tagline as time went along. Pretty impressive that your dad had taglines uh, memorized by the kids when they were young so that you all (laughs) knew the right answer. So I failed in that. And uh, I think, you know, I have two children of my own. And I think business and in particular finance in our area of finance, I see kids either navigate towards it the way that you did or run very fast away from it. And unfortunately for me, I guess, both of my children decided no way did they want to do what their mom did. Not that they didn't understand it and appreciate that it was something really important, but I think uh, both of them are highly artistic and haven't quite, who knows, right? They're young. So many, many people come back second career-wise, but I think they decided that business and finance was too boring. So um, I always (laughs) like to make sure in these podcasts, you and I will talk about it here a little later, um, it's not boring. And we're going to tell people and inspire young people to uh, possibly give our industry a look. That's right. Would agree. 
So when your grandfather initially started the firm selling that property and casualty and other insurance, um, and then your father later joined, and he helped add that securities and financial planning to the range of offerings, but it's even different today, right? So can you describe for our listeners how the firm has evolved, how difficult or how much um, effort that you had to put into figuring out which direction to go, and then what is its focus today? Yeah, it, it has been an, an evolution. Uh, very, very exciting at times, very challenging at times. Um, as as we've grown and, and built and continue to work with clients and advisors, you know, there's there's a lot of excitement and a lot of upside there. I think if you look at the foundation of that, uh, my grandfather, Paps, um, always said, and and Dad is always uh, quoting him in this, is that you know, as long as you take care of your customer. Um, everything else will find a way to take care of itself. Your finance, your mergers and acquisitions on down the line. And just just the opposite is true. If you don't take care of your customer, it doesn't matter how good you are at any of those other things, finance, mergers and acquisitions, HR, et cetera, you're you're going to fail. And so we really start with that um, across our entire enterprise. Um, that, That creates this accountability to the end, the end customer, and how important it is that everything that we're doing, whether it's operations, whether it's technology, whether it's it's sales, is centered around what do our clients need and what are they what are they looking for? What do they need out of us? And and along those lines, you know, um, Dad is just an absolute visionary. Uh, I think there's a lot of quotes out there around you know the asking why versus why not. You know, so many ask why. He's absolutely in that category of the why not, that, that entrepreneurial spirit. And, and as you know, and, and subscribe to that, that fierce independence that we really can control the, the journey, um, so to speak. And we can decide what businesses that we're in and how we help customers because we can listen to clients and understand where do they need our help? Where maybe is the marketplace not able to serve them? And how do we then build an offering around that? Um, you know, is is that product list is expanded? Dad tells the story of you know in 1981. I just confirmed it looking up the New York Times in 1981. Uh, Sears Roebuck and Company bought Dean Witter, and it was this time of explosion of cross selling and industry overlap. And you know, I, I give Dad and our entire team a lot of credit of buying into that one source solution because you know it's it's only each and every year as. Families and businesses have more obligations and are have more to do. Having one team they can rely upon for everything from their insurance to their tax planning to their wealth management and financial plan has just become that much more and more valuable. So I like to say we we stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, we've had multi multiple generations of people that have helped build the organization uh, to now what are eight business units. Um, six of those are retail and they they face the public and two would be wholesale um the six that face the public are you know personal lines insurance homeowners automobile umbrella uh, commercial insurance workers compensation property liability um, then we've got group health and other individual health benefits of course uh, private wealth management we have 401k investments and plan administration in-house and along with tax and accounting and that also that platform then helped us build and grow our two wholesale businesses where the advisor is our customer and that's our enterprise securities branch and our life insurance uh, brokerage unit and, and protection product support. Um, so when you look at how we've evolved, you know, each one of those really started with one of our or more of our clients uh, saying that they needed help in, in some of these areas. 
and they wanted a team of experts or they wanted a reliable source for it that they could trust and work with. And it began many times, whether it was dad or someone else on our team who just began performing that work, whether it was the tax returns or the 5,500s for a 401k plan sponsor. We've been so lucky to bring in great people over time that, that have bought into that, that ownership and entrepreneur mentality to then continue to, to grow each of those lines of business to where they are today. Brian, when a client um, first comes in, do does the intake process help identify which of the six units they may find value in, or do you let the client lead the way? How does that work? Yeah, it really is a collaboration. We would like to think that the the intake process does yield those opportunities where we can help find where can we help them most immediately. Um, we're, we're very focused on making sure that clients understand we can help them holistically, but at the same time, maybe today they just need one area of resource from us and we're happy to fulfill that. But over time, we get to know them better. We're having those ongoing reviews and we're then able to maybe uncover other areas to help them as their life evolves and as our relationship with them evolves. Makes sense. And then what are the methods of primary methods of client acquisition? Are you leveraging marketing, uh, referrals, all of the above? And where do you see the most success? Yeah, I think it, it is a multi-pronged strategy. You know, one of them is, you know, we aim to start with that accountability to the client. So we're very big on client service and, and ultimately that drives referrals. But our, our client relationship management team our account managers, uh, client service associates, they really help build the foundation of taking care of clients, you know, being responsive, solving their issues. Um, we like to say we operate with passion, urgency, teamwork, and accountability. Kind of that—that's how we serve our clients. Uh, one of the things we're, you know, we're very proud of. We actually have the John M. Duncan Senior Award in memory of my grandfather, and you know, that's something we give out annually at our Christmas party to. One of our team members that you know exhibits you know kind of in these three key areas: community, company, and family. When they really excel in all those three areas, uh, we're very happy to recognize them with that reward. So, what, before we can get those referrals, before we can you know continue to build, it's that important foundation um, that we have, and we really feel like the relationships that are built through that great service have really helped drive a lot of the growth that we've seen over time. Uh, one of the other areas, too, of focus on, you know, how do we develop those leads? You know, every week we do meet as a, as a sales team. So there's over 20 sales professionals. Now, you know, we used to be in, in one room. Now, of course, we're, we're virtual through Zoom, but it, but it is still very exciting to see, you know, 20 people dialed in. Everyone is, you know, an expert in their field and their business looking to grow. And we just communicate. We communicate with how we're helping clients, what's going on in our clients' lives, just so we're all connected and they know, clients know that they have that team that's thinking about them, that's looking to help them um, wherever possible. And that has yielded, you know, again, just tremendous opportunities. We've gotten to know our clients better. And then when I think about, you know, how do we, how do we take that collaboration a step further, that team of experts approach is how we've also been able to develop opportunities and, and new leads is, Everyone on our sales team is either working towards a designation or has a designation. I'm proud to say we just had another team member achieve the CFP here just a month or so ago. We all know how, how challenging that process can be. And so that's something where 
each of these lines of business, you know, the 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 sum, if you put it together, the whole is obviously greater than the sum of its parts. But each of these different lines of business could each be uh, an, a standalone business, and each of it has to have its own way of gaining clients. And what we found is both referrals and proactive sharing how we help families and individuals and businesses has also helped us, you know, gain that opportunity and, and more and more lead generation as time has gone on. Sounds like a well-oiled machine. So um, media doesn't hurt either, right? Uh, your firm won a Pittsburgh Business Times Family Business Award in 2019, and the same publication also recognized your firm as one of the fastest growing companies in Western Pennsylvania in 2017. So congratulations for those. And I know there's lots of other kudos um, that have happened at your firm. Thank you. You originally started with four employees as you're describing things for us. I know that you now employ over 100 people. And um, talk to us about what the primary drivers are of that growth over the years. Absolutely. I, I think one of the ways that we've been able to achieve that is um, what I'll call a player coach model, um, where we've had a lot of people been able to come into our business, whether it was they were already in our industry, maybe, or they came from a completely unrelated industry, and they've been able to have the opportunity to grow and put their own thumbprint on whatever their responsibilities were. And we've just been so fortunate to find people that uh, they want to take total ownership of, of what they're responsible for. And they create maybe where nothing exists. Maybe nobody asked them to do something. They think ahead, you know, and, and we empower them to execute, whether it's building out a new offering, whether it's just making sure that we have the operational support to then take on that growth, um, whatever it might be. We've had this player coach model where um, a lot of our leadership came up through being responsible for some day-to-day -day operations or having a book of business um, of their own and being connected to the needs of clients and the needs of, of what the public is looking for and how we can help. So that, that's been a big driver of it. I'd also say another driver has been you know, taking what we've done well on the retail level, those six individual businesses there, and making those available through our enterprise branch. You know, Dad began in the 1980s um, working through a number of property and casualty agencies and recognized that if we can do these things really well, other advisors, other agencies would see value in the services that we offer, the ability to partner and do joint work. And we really tried to grow that and make sure that if you're an advisor, you would see value in our platform, that you would see a firm that, hey, we're in the business every day, we're helping clients, and by partnering together, we can do this at a more accelerated pace. We can help you grow your practice or achieve or resource whatever you need uh, to ultimately meet the vision that, that you're looking for for the future. And I think Cambridge is a, is a great example of this, you know, working with like-minded professionals um, along the way, that just accelerates your, your growth. If you're able to identify the people that have aligned goals and methodology and philosophy that you do, um, that continues um, to help us and, and continues to help us grow um, in our branch. And I think continuing to just execute on those, that's going to help us as we continue our growth pattern into the future. And as a Cambridge enterprise, if I'm, uh, if I remember correctly, your value prop can be very attractive to financial professionals who want to join the organization and plug into all the things that you've 
um, offered, but also there's a value prop for perhaps somebody who has spent a lot of time building their own independent business because you're so committed to independence. And you've got a variation of that value prop for those types of financial professionals, right? We want to meet them where they need to be met. Exactly. That, that's been our approach. And that's the nice thing about having the, the businesses that we do all of those individual businesses can stand on their own, so to speak. And so we don't need to have any certain commitment. It can really be open architecture for the advisors that affiliate with us, whatever is most important to their practice, or if they just need to work with us as a branch office, we're happy to help them there. But if advances to, they may need to work with us for financial planning or life insurance brokerage, or they have a very important client who also is a plan sponsor and they need 401k assistance, you know, that's where we can help them and, and ultimately grow their practice without the continued investment on there. And they can rely upon us for that. Great. Thanks for expanding on that. So um, I want to go back to something that you talked about when you were discussing uh, your team. And you mentioned that one of the changes now is that you're meeting um, some of you, the sales team in particular, on Zoom so, you know, the the time we're in now, say the last nine months, nine to 12 months, are now being coined in the world, really, every industry, as the great resignation or the great attrition. Businesses from small to large are having to rethink how they want to approach the workforce in so many ways. So you mentioned virtual, that's probably one of them, but are there any changes that you've found you need to make to adapt to the world we're in as it relates to employing so many people? It, it is a shifting landscape that it, it's so important to make sure that we as an organization are empowering our people and that we are a, a, the best option to, to call home. Um, and that, in many cases, as you, as you point out, is being flexible with a, a hybrid work environment. You know, that, that's something we've adopted here and, and will continue to, um, we found that in many cases, it actually enhances productivity. And at the same time, you're finding ways to make sure we can keep uh, that, that culture and that connectedness. Um, and what we've tried to do is, you know, be, be strategic about it, you know, still having a number of different company events. You know, we, we have a hospitality committee that I'll give a shout out to who's very good about organizing those team building opportunities and finding ways that, you know, in a comfortable setting, uh, we can still get to know each other and, and go beyond the, the day to day. Um, so we're, we're going to continue to focus on that, making sure that we're connected. And we also want to continue to enhance the employee recognition uh, initiatives that we have. Um, that, that's something that we know is important. And that, yes, the great resignation is, is something that's all, all on our minds. And the more that we make this something where people feel connected to it, uh, not only I think is that going to enhance the job that everybody's doing, you know, I think studies show that happy people make for very satisfied clients. They also make for very long-term team members as well. Yeah. Sounds like you're doing a lot of great things. Thanks for sharing. Oh, uh, one last business thing before we move to my favorite part, which is getting to know you a little bit personally. I know one of your responsibilities involves overseeing Duncan Advisor Resources. Touch on that aspect of the firm and what the focus is there. Yeah, th This has been uh, so exciting for me over time to get to be in the industry. It's actually where I began in our firm is in the Duncan Advisor Resources Unit and working with our advisors. And 
seeing so many different practices, you know, as, as I came on to the organization, you know, you're just looking to grow, you're looking to understand and having the vantage point of all of the different practices that are out there, the, the ensemble, the solo and everything that you can imagine, um, financial planning focused, maybe um, retirement focused, you know, completely retirement plan focused. So uh, that's been something very, uh, very interesting. And that really helped me in building out what could our offering be is getting that vantage point of where are people delivering, where are our advisors delivering uh, value there. It's also been uh, very interesting to be able to be on the life insurance uh, and distribution side of things. You know, it's interesting, as you know, the industry is in some ways connected, but in some ways disconnected. And we are, we're on a path of helping advisors and helping others in their practice integrate the, the life insurance component of it. Um, it still remains the foundation of the, of the CFP, of course. Yet, you know, what we try to do as a life insurance distributor is voice to carriers and other industry stakeholders. We have work to do in making this more seamless for advisors to integrate into their practice. And that's something uh, that we want to continue to do. Just a quick story I, I would share. Um, as I entered the, our, our company, less than a year into it, um, I began working on, on, from a life insurance perspective, uh, just helping out, whether it was reviewing existing policies or offering a review uh, to our customers. And we had one customer who uh, had their property and casualty business with us. And I had just been reaching out to this list and asking, you know, offering a life insurance review, again, just looking to get started, looking to get things moving. And here I had uh, contacted um, this gentleman after getting a whole lot of no's. So as you say, yeah, sure, the business can be a little boring, but I think this story shares that there's a lot of help and a lot of good you can do. There's a lot of no's that you get uh, when you're starting out. But on, on this day, I reached this gentleman on the same day he just learned he was going to have his fourth child. Uh, pregnancy test was positive, you know, that morning. So he took my call, thankfully, for, for life insurance. And through a number of discussions and, and advancing that process, um, he took out another another policy, you know, added significantly to his life insurance. Um, and, and thank goodness he did. You know, less than two years later, he unfortunately developed uh, pancreatic cancer and had passed away. And it, as difficult as the story was, you know, it's just it's a it's a tragic and difficult story being there and making sure we could hold on up our end of the bargain with the life insurance and making sure it was there. I think that's that's had a big impact um, on that family. And that was the the third policy that I had ever participated in. So it was a quick reminder of, you know, this matters. This is important. Um, and we can make a real impact on people's lives. It's it's on us in the profession to make sure we're proactive and intentional about it. Great example and lesson for our listeners that aren't in our business about how the real, it, it, yes, there's some math involved occasionally. Yes, we're definitely looking at numbers, but this is about humans and making a difference. And that's a really great example of where you were able to discover early on just how much we can impact somebody's life. So um, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So tell us when you're not spending all that time running a highly successful strategic firm that you've described for us, what are you doing in your free time? Who is Brian on a personal level? <laughs> well, I've uh, got uh, three lovely kiddos and, and a lovely bride who's actually uh, expecting our fourth here and within a month. So we're 
we're building a team, uh, as it were. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of activity that goes along with that. Uh, their sports and activities are, are so fun to, uh, to watch. We're in the throes of uh, fall baseball right now. And uh, it's just, it's so exciting to see kids uh, be engaged, be a part of a team, uh, learn, you know, sometimes learn the hard way, sometimes learn through success. Um, so that's that's a big part of uh, the outside of work time. Uh, I do enjoy uh, golfing. You know, it, it's always fun to be able to golf with dad. He uh, constantly beats me. Maybe one day I'll be able to match it. I, I do. You know, as you get you get older, you just kind of value the time uh, outside and with your friends, your family, your clients, colleagues, whatever it might be. Uh, that's always enjoyable. Um, I still play basketball. Uh, I've always had a passion for basketball, so still do that. Uh, definitely slowing down. Turns out it does get a little harder as as you get older. So trying to stay on top of that. And then uh, with our hospitality committee, we we do a great job. They're very on top of community events, team building activities. So yeah, it's it's always great to be able to bring that into the fold and those after work hours to. To be with those that you know that you care about that you're working with and continue to build a better future. And your bride's name is Rachel. Rachel, and you and Rachel have a busy house as you just described. Boys, girls, how old are they? And in particular, is there anybody showing uh, interest in being the next Duncan? <laughs> so yes, we've got. Uh, so uh, we did a buy one get one on the first go around with twins. Uh, Miles and Teddy are six years old now, um, and Marlo is three. And I, I would say the early favorite is uh, is Marlo. She's got the the sales ability and uh, the stick to itiveness, and she can she can make you very aware of when you're not meeting her expectations. So I, I think she's she's our favorite uh, so far, and uh, they they all are very entertaining in their own way. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on the soon to be fourth uh, little Duncan in your household. And um, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of the personal side. Again, I feel like a lot of times when I'm talking to people who don't know a lot about our career, they think we're all very stodgy, boring, suit wearing, uh, you know, all business kind of people. So letting them know that you can still have hobbies and you can still have a very um, fulfilling time as a dad, uh, raising a family is really important. So thank you for that. You're most welcome. I would agree. And the opportunity now with, I think about our branch meeting and just the, the meetings now where you see a lot of families um, come on board and, and join and just the places you get to go, the people you get to see in our industry and, and the family inclusion is, is really great to see. So I, I think that's only, only going to continue. I can't agree more. So great closing. Um, any last words for our audience that you didn't get to that you'd like to share about you, your firm? Yeah, I, I think one thing I would share to anybody either looking at the industry or you know evaluating their path, um, I, I've always found it helpful to be reflective on uh, where where do you win and what what drives you, you know what gets your passions going um, and why people choose to do business with you. As you can kind of identify those things, I think it really helps craft maybe that plan that you're looking for. You know, everybody's journey is different, um, and just finding. What really drives you the most? Where do you get the most fulfillment um, in spending your time there? I think it's it's maybe an obvious statement in some ways, but I share it because you know at times it it takes a long time to learn um, and finding ways maybe to partner and hire the people around you that love to do the things that you may not be as passionate about. Um, that would just be my advice to those out there evaluating our industry or where could the opportunities be for them. Great advice.
Thanks for joining me today. And in particular, thanks for trusting Cambridge all these years to support your business in any way we can. I look forward to watching you and um, Marlo, right? She's the one. That's it. She's going to take it over. I may not be here by then based on her age. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, somebody will because we'll still be here holding her hand as well um, as she takes on the world. So um, again, thanks for your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. If you like what you've heard, please give us a review and head on over to our blog for more content at CambridgeStronger.com. That's CambridgeStronger.com.